Just a quick heads up for Roster Watch Nation, we've brought a sports betting podcast here to the feed. This is the Algo 5-Pick Podcast featuring the value index tool for Roster Watch Premium members who are interested in sports betting. It's hosted by Can't Miss Mitch, who you've heard on the SiriusXM show. He's the creator of the Value Index Tool, a.k.a. the Algo. It's him and it's his boys, Brad and Peter the Irish Guy. This is a sports betting podcast that we've brought to the Roster Watch feed, and our hope is that the podcast will provide context and some kind of human interpretation of what the Algo, which is hit at a, I mean, a 58 to 62% clip across all games, over the last half decade historically but what the algo might be pointing us toward in the betting markets so you can get access to the algo's weekly picks for every game along with betting volume versus money insights the prop finder tool all the stuff we talk about on the radio show you can find all that and more with a premium membership at roster watch and so for now let's hand it off to the algo boys and can't miss mitch Week 18 is here. This is the Bet the Algo Pick 5. I am Can't Miss Mitch. Peter the Irish Guy joins me via Zoom. I'm still here in Mexico. I'm trapped. I don't think I'll ever get back now. Title 42 in the house. Uh, I don't know. I think it was something that Trump enacted that didn't allow people to cross the border. I have no idea. I'm... I'm smart, but I have no idea what I'm talking about. So don't even listen to me. Um, I'm, I can't believe week 18 is here. I'm saddened that week 18 is here. It's been such a fun season marked by a terrible thing that happened last night. I hated it. It's been talked about all over social media and just a tragic thing that happened. We obviously, you know, wish him the best. I will say we talked about this a little bit. The reaction to Skip Bayless on social media. I joined in the party because hating is fun and I don't get to do it much. And uh, I was basically told Skip Bayless to shut the fuck up along with a million other people. And I felt so empowered uh, behind the screen in my iPhone. But maybe you know he asked a real question. I mean, the implications of that game were tremendous and, you know, tone deaf for sure. Wait a couple hours. Uh, SVP, you know, he handled it perfect. He's like, it's a legit thing. I'll say in the construct of where we are and what we're all about here at bet the algo, you know, we talk about betting on sports and fantasy football. And there were a lot of implications. In fact, Peter, you were involved in the fantasy football championship in your league, how did you boys settle it? Um, it's still undecided to be honest, because we use the ESPN fantasy app, and they said they're going to delay the outcome of this week until they officially announce what the NFL. Because the NFL has said we may play it after Week 18, which that will not happen. It's funny, right? Their comments, what they've said saying we're not changing, we won't play it this week, and we're not changing week 18 schedule. That basically means they don't want to announce that the game was a tie because then the Bengals-Ravens game is pointless 
because the Bengals win the, the division and the Bills go into the game knowing that if the Chiefs win on Saturday, they can't get the one seed. So by the NFL not saying anything and saying, oh, there's a chance we play it, we can still play it at some point, it means that the both the team, everyone goes into the weekend still wanting to play, but that's garbage because we know for a fact there's no way they play a Week 17 game after Week 18 a couple of days before the playoffs begin. That just ain't happening. So, yeah. I mean, that is an outstanding take. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the exact reason, you know, what behind that. Um, quickly to the Skip Bayless thing. I mean, I had zero, zero issue with anything that he said. I think it's funny that you were hating just to hate because I know that you, like, agree with the fact that I don't think there was much wrong with what he said. Um, but it's just funny to hate. The on timing Skip was off. No, I don't have any problem with the timing either. Because he didn't say anything insensitive. Like, he pointed out that football is irrelevant right now, even though there are massive implications about what's going on in the background. I think people read the tweet wrong. People just read the first bit, and then the very last thing he said was, "This well, this football is irrelevant. Like, people didn't get that far and let it, let the tweets... So, I had zero issue with the timing with, with anything that he said. Yeah. I'm I, I want to move on from that because it's been obliterated unlike any other event and probably deserves a, the attention. I think you know, if anything good comes out of this, um I didn't know much about him. I really didn't. And he seems like a great guy. I hope he really does recover from this. I hope he doesn't have any issues with his, you know, cognitive ability. Who knows if he'll play football again, but you know, his mom's daycare, the foundation close to 4 million bucks. That's pretty cool. I guess that's the one positive thing about this. Yeah. It just actually hit over. It just hit over five minutes. That's incredible. That's incredible. I mean, that's uh-huh. that, uh, uh, there's, there's silver lining in everything. I can tell you this. My wife rarely sits on the couch with me to watch football and we're in Mexico. So I've got like the, the game pass and fortunately, you know, could tune in to the weekend's games over the last few weeks. And we were both distraught and my wife is a therapist, a mental health therapist. She goes, this game immediately, she goes, this game's canceled. These people can't go back out on the field after seeing their guy get CPR. And I was like, no way, they're going to play this. I was probably, I was a Skip Bayless in my living room. And she was like, they're not going to play. I was like, they have to play. They have to play. It's a huge game, a huge game with big implications. And uh, yeah. I was wrong. Well, I, I mean, I know I wasn't watching it, um, but I've seen this happen like, Four times now. Well, I've seen it four times before live. We saw it happen with Christian Erickson live. He was dead on the field. They defibrillated him during the Euros with Denmark, brought him back to life, took him off in an ambulance. The players went into the locker room. 45 minutes later, they came back out and played the game. So, like, and the other time, I saw it happen another time in the Premier League for Fabrice Mwamba. Listen to this. In two, I think it was like 03 or 04. He was dead. His heart stopped for 78 minutes. 
and he is fully alive and works for Bolton in like the front office, works in Premier League front office. 78 minutes, his heart stopped after cardiac arrest. And does he is he, still- Did he deliver mail? I don't know what he did. Good for he, him. He is still alive. Of Christian Eriksen is back playing for Manchester United. He had to he had to get a device put inside of his chest um, in order for him to be okay in case it happened again. It just clicks it back on. But as in what I'm saying is, the precedent with this, like teams have gone on and played after it happened. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have been shocked had they played. I think maybe in football, though, these players have to play on the edge of violence and hurting other people and diving headfirst into smashing people's heads in. That's pretty hard to do when someone's almost died. It's you're just not. Your thing. It, yeah, you're it, just it, not going to. You're just not going to do it. The pumping trying to resuscitate somebody who just had a heart attack. And I think that vision was disturbing. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and, and that was kind of, if, if he had just, you know, got knocked out and then came to in, in a minute or two. Yeah. They're playing that game, but it was, it was the CPR and you could see the players that walked over, they saw it and they were like, Oh my God, what did I just see? Like, I've never seen that in my life. Like, like, I, yeah, I, I don't know how I can play this game. So, um, yeah, th- and that game was headed for a shootout. That game was headed for an absolute shootout. Uh, I had a second leg of a parlay. Yesterday was a wild day betting. Actually, was not betting. I was completely gambling. Uh, <laughs> I had Tulane yesterday, which was absolutely mental. Bonkers. I mean, yeah, the covers that I had yesterday were all like last minute. I was doing crazy in-game shit. I mean, just dumb, dumb stuff. Really great way to set the tone for your New Year's resolution of, hey, new (laughs) year, new me. But it's bowl season. Bowl season is just meant to have fun. And, you know, it was it was really kind of a fun, fun bowl season, just marked by just a, a bad evening. The algo, ah, man, you know, it went eight and seven. We've seen those weeks before, and I'll complain about it again because there's just always a few that stick out. First and foremost, New England. I have not picked New England, I think, to cover pretty much maybe all year. It might be a few times because I've disliked them. That game was rather frustrating because I watched it. I was into it. I felt great. I was cheering. I got up from the couch. I was I was a Patriot fan for the first time this season. I really was like somebody excited about the game. And it was an exciting game a to have. And we had it in the circa five. And I thought that game was one, especially at the end there. And I'm like, well, you'll kick the field goal. Nick Folk, no, no real problem in the wind. And Mac Jones takes a sack at the very least. If you're, you know, maybe try and draw him off sides and then just punt the ball and make him go, you know, a hundred freaking yards. And it was the worst possible outcome. The same thing that I hated about Mac Jones, the presence and awareness under pressure is so bad. And the play calling is so bad. Maybe run the ball. I, I just, I hated everything about that. And then to have a backup of a backup of a quarterback who gets who, where did he come from? Detroit Lions practice squad. Uh, You know, I mean, you you talk about Baker Mayfield going into Los Angeles with five minutes. This guy, you know, hasn't seen a NFL uh, uh, 
he hasn't been in one play and he marches them down and shame on the Patriots for letting that happen as well. Um, it was, the whole thing was frustrating. I hated that game. The Carolina game was really frustrating. Those two games, really just those two. Uh, and, and you go from eight and seven to 10 and five. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That it was really frustrating. It's just making me laugh because, um, to think about a New England Patriots fan in week 17 of a big divisional game against the Miami team who's better than us and the Patriots win and you somehow hate the team even more than you did before. That is, that is the first indicator, my friends, of a gambler and someone who has, might have a problem and may need to call someone uh, for in need. But what I'm just saying, you know, it's just, it's funny. It's just a very funny kind of thing to think about and uh, being upset at a win in such a big spot only because they didn't cover. But, you know, as um, they say on bar still, good, win, good teams win, great teams cover. And Patriots are a good team. Yeah, they're no, yeah, they're, they're not, they're not great. We know they're not great. They're, they're very frustrating um, to watch. Uh, but yeah, I feel the frustration. Just to recap, let's quick recap of the standings overall as we go into week 18 of uh, the last week of the regular season. Obviously, the Buffalo-Cincinnati game were called on a push, so we just added to the tie number. And uh, the overall record for the algorithm is 134, 113, and 9. 54.25%. You're up $760. Brad, he has now, he's on his sixth burner phone, I believe, um, trying to avoid that bookie. He's down a whopping $2,090. He's at 48%, 119, and 128. Uh, I am just behind the algo at 133, 114, uh, which is 53.8%, up 570. And Count Miss Mitch has a three-game lead over myself uh, going into last week, the regular season, two-game lead over the algo, 136, 111, 55%, up 1114 bucks. Um, that's an impressive record. And uh, but it's still all to play for as we go into the last week. Let me give you some context too, because I was doing some numbers. I'm deep in study mode for this advanced finance designation. And I started doing the ROI real simple, but I looked at the numbers and look, we've expected a little bit more from the algo this year. We had that one really bad week uh, a few weeks ago that, that kind of, Shook the algo. Derailed us. The five and 11 weeks, um, 15, 16 derailed things a little. Yeah. And we, it, we went, we were heading for our 58%. Um, I'm hoping for a, a big, big week here. But here's the thing uh, the ROI, you make 3% in change over a four month time frame. Hey, by the way, the risk free rate is over 4%. So 3% over four months, we annualize that. We're sitting at just under 10%, better than any asset class for 2022. We expect better, but pretty damn good and a heck of a lot more fun. Any other thing that we want to talk about from last week? Uh, Record-wise, anything-wise, anything that you saw that stood out? Oh, 
I wanted to say one thing here. I made a mistake and I really apologize uh, to our Patreons. And I don't think I said this on the pick five. Uh, that Cleveland Washington game, I believe. Yeah, we talked about on on the premium. I am I am very, very sorry uh, to those folks on that game because I should have made an adjustment. I should have made an adjustment because of Carson Wentz. And I always make an adjustment to a quarterback. And it was just a slip up. I have not been as in tuned uh, to making those adjustments. Although I, you know, I nailed it on Dallas, Tennessee. Uh, you know, that, that was an exact margin of victory prediction. Uh, we had a 14 point uh, margin victory, uh, 30 to um, I think 16 uh, was the amount. So it was, it was right there. And I forgot to do it for Carson Wentz. And what is Ron Rivera doing? I mean, just, you know, I, you know, you, you, you're okay. You've got, you go on the road to San Francisco. You didn't lose that game because Heineke lost that game for you. He threw for two touchdowns and a pick. It's because your offensive line and your run game couldn't stuff it in the end zone on that first scoring opportunity. Okay. And against the G men, you know, look, they were, they're a good football team. And that was just, that was a tough game. It really was. But Heineke didn't turn the ball over. He had one touchdown. I think he threw for 150 yards. I just don't understand why you bench him. But anyways, my apologies for not making an adjustment there. Uh, I will make sure to be better. And that, that, that loss is on me because that adjustment would have flipped that pick uh, to Cleveland and we would have had value on Cleveland. So that's my B fam. Please forgive me. Uh, I will be better. Okay. Uh, we move on to our first game of week 18. We've got Kansas city on the road in Las Vegas, man. I'd love to be in Las Vegas. Uh, this line opened up at KC land six and a half. It's now seven and a half, 82% of the money. And 57% of the tickets on the Raiders, who were eight and eight against the spread. Kansas City, just five and 11 against the spread. What do you think here? Yeah, they, they didn't, um, they didn't do me a solid last week and kind of fall in line with what I was feeling, which was a big chalk week in week 17. They kind of were just the Kansas City that, we've seen for the last two years, right? In the regular season, they were, they any different from anything we've seen? No. Right. They were, they were a big favorite and they got ahead and you kind of felt like, okay, they're going to get a stop. And then look, they got the ball back. They're going to go up 13 or 14 here and they'll pull away. And then every time they went back to the game, Russell Wilson was making a play or scrambling in. You were like, wait, this is a three-point game. How is that possible? So that's kind of what I felt with that game last week. But, you know, Mitch, I think that's that's just the – it's what Kansas City do to everybody because and Vegas because at the end of the season, we know that they're going to be in the AFC Championship game. Like, we know that. But they don't blow the doors off anyone. Like, they, they every game is close and that they play, but they have the quarterback and – 
and, you know, a couple of key other pieces like Kelsey in order to get things done at the end of the day. So that's how I felt about that game, but nothing new. Uh, Vegas, on the other hand, they were incredibly amazing. We know Stidham as Patriot fans. I don't know that Stidham. Who's that guy? The one that I saw play against San Francisco. I don't know who that guy is, but I like that guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, I'm clearly, obviously, you nailed that. Like, But, he, but here's what I'll say, though. I know this is after the fact, and this is kind of something that you do. After the fact, it's easy to say, you know, okay, well, I, this is what I was thinking. But hang on. Anytime that Stidham came in a couple of games early for us, kind of maybe like Mac last year, like he looked very like, oh, this looks like Jimmy G, Tom Brady. Like he has that little bounce in the pocket. His action looks really good. Like he had that look to him. He just then when he got a chance, like he didn't, he wasn't very good. But here's the other thing. The Patriots stunk. Like, we didn't have any players for him. We didn't have Devontae Adams and Waller running down the field and Josh Jacobs. And we didn't have these weapons that he has. So let's get real here for a second and go, well, could any quarter, could a lot of quarterbacks just be put into that Raiders team and chuck it up to Devontae Adams and look kind of good? Of course they could. Uh, not taking anything away from his performance. He was very good. But, like, Brock... Brock Purdy could have done, like, it's the exact, just like Brock Purdy's doing for San Francisco. It's the same thing. They got weapons, and, yeah, they can look good, just don't make mistakes. Um, so it's an interesting game. I think, you know, obviously it's a big spread, so that makes sense. People reacting to that last game, you know, when you make a quarterback change like this, it kind of fires everyone up a little bit, um, and especially when he performs well. So, listen, when it comes down to it, I just can't do it on KC. But what's funny is I feel like anytime I've kind of said this and said, okay, it's too much. I'm, make, I'm coming to my senses on KC. They go out and they'll win by 17 points and I'm on the losing side of it. Um, so I'm going to continue my streak and I'm going to take the Raiders. This Kansas City team, we've known as great as they are on offense the defensive side of the ball has seen the most improvement, kind of a continuation of what we saw late last year from Spagnuolo and company. Kansas City, the last three weeks, through the uh, on the ground and the air combined, are the fourth best defensive unit. And great for the year as well. I mean, they're ranked 12th, but they're giving up 286 yards uh, total per game. Big factor into the Yalgo. That's better than Philly, Buffalo, uh, the Jets, New England, San Francisco, which, by the way, where has that defensive gone? That defensive unit is, I mean, they gave up 500 yards on the dot last week. 500 yards. Not a great statistic. I mean, they've been terrible. They've been terrible the last three games. Obviously, 500 yards, that's going to send it. Uh, yeah. you know, it it's definitely going to um, affect the averages, but you're down there with Detroit, Carolina, and Indianapolis the last three weeks on, on yards. That's not a good sign uh, when you are going into the most important part of the season. I just think that I, I really like Stidham. I think as soon as he let his hair down, this guy all of a sudden found some confidence. He's, he's got a little, you know, tough there that hockey hair that we love in Boston. And 
Yeah, I just I, I like him. I really do. And I think what you said, the comparison to Purdy, I think that's spot on. Give me the Raiders at home. I think it's too many points. I really do. Uh, the algorithm has KC winning 26 to 23.82. Seven and a half point spread. You're getting five points of value on the Raiders. That, that's one that will go. That was a nailed score. It feels good. Yeah. Okay, moving on to a huge game. Huge game. This is this is the game of of the AFC playoff scenarios. Tennessee Titans at the Jaguars. This line opened up in the Jags lane five and a half. It's now six and a half. Ninety seven percent of the money coming in on the Titans. Fifty two percent of the tickets on the Jags. They're eight and eight against the spread. Tennessee eight, seven and one against the spread. Yeah, I know we talked last week about the the odd situation that both teams faced in week 17 and whether they were going to rest starters and whatnot. Tennis, because week 18 was what mattered. Tennessee did rest some teams, uh, sorry, rest some players, took a beat down from Dallas. Jacksonville, Doug Peterson was looking at people as if they had, you know, fucking four heads was saying, what the hell are you talking about? We ain't resting anyone. We're going to win games. Well, I, what I failed to mention, though, with Jacksonville was there was a scenario by which a loss this week and they still get into the postseason. So it was a good game to make sure that they would go in and win. And in Houston, they took care of business. But yeah, it, it's a massive game. I mean, the division's on the line. Um as we said, there is a scenario where Jacksonville could lose and make the postseason, but we won't even think about that, especially if you're a Jacksonville's fan, because you're at home against the team, you beat the doors off on the road. Uh, a Tennessee team that's really, really struggling because they don't have, they don't know who's playing quarterback. They have Josh Dobbs playing quarterback who's been there for like two weeks. And um, it's an interesting move. You know, they drafted Malik Willis and He's clearly not ready, and he's either a very, very limited in, in what he can do throwing the football, or they don't trust him. I kind of think it's probably a bit of both, right? Um, because for them to take someone in from another team that also isn't a starter late in the season like this is a wild move. Although Josh Dobbs looked, he looked better than Malik Willis has looked, even in that loss to the Cowboys. So I don't hate the move by any means. Um, It's a, it's a very difficult game to go into for me and pick Tennessee right now. This Jacksonville team has the juju going in the right direction. Lawrence looks good. He's getting the ball. Etienne's running well. He's getting it to him on third down. Zay Jones is good. Is looks good. Kirk look. Christian Kirk looks good. They kind of all look good. Doug Peterson just looks like he has a bit of moxie, and I'm like, I really trust Doug, Doug Peterson going into a big game with this team. I'm going to take Jacksonville comfortably in this game. I think they're the better team. I think they have momentum on their side, and I'm going to see Jacksonville win by ten points. This is a really simple game to me. I think 
your thought process around Malik isn't too far off. And I, I made a mistake earlier about Dobbs. I think he's the practice squad player that came off of Detroit, right? Um, is that right? He was, with, he was with Pittsburgh, I know, at one point. I don't know okay. where he was. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like an early journeyman. But I love the fight. I actually think he looked better than Malik. The yeah. problem with Tennessee, uh, even Tannehill, they've got no weapons. And Tannehill was struggling. This is Tannehill's worst year, and God knows how we we can remember. It really was kind of the genesis of the conversation, or at least part of the equation, about having a marquee wide receiver and what that does for a quarterback's numbers. And Tannehill didn't have anybody to throw to, and you're going to throw in somebody that you know isn't as experienced. They had no game through the air at all. It was reliant on their defense and their run game. And they've been terrible. They've been terrible. This defense is ranked 25th in opponent yards per game. That's a big component into how we evaluate the data. And it's really simple. Jacksonville, their defense, they look phenomenal. Granted, they're ranked 23rd year to date. I don't care. It's about playing football right now. They're playing better defense than they're right behind New Orleans. The last three games, uh, they're in the top 10. They're playing better defense than Buffalo, Washington, Tampa, Philly. It's a good football team. And on the offensive side of the ball, they're putting up points. I've got full faith in Trevor Lawrence to. Sorry. Oh, what is that? What, are you? I don't know what you're watching. I don't want to ask the question. Um, but okay. Uh, but yeah, give, give, give me the Jags. Give me the Jags. They're four. zero against their spread in their last four games. Overall, the trend is your friend. These guys mean business and I'm going to say Jacks. They're going to cover the algorithm has Jacksonville winning 26.09 to 16.36. You're getting over three points of value on Jacksonville. Two games, two picks that we agree on with the algo. What is that, by the way? What does that look like with you and I and the algo? Is that any good? You, myself, and the algo for the season is just okay. It's 11, 10, and 2, 52%. So you are in the green. I will tell you, you're going to like this. The most value, the highest percentage for the season, just one and a half percent ahead of myself, is when you and the algo agree against Brad and I. So you and the algo is 17 and 7, 70.8%. And I'm just behind you when it's myself and the algo against you and Brad. I'm nine and four, 69.23%. Interesting. All right. We're going to move on to Sunday. Minnesota on the road against the Bears. This line opened up at the Vikes laying two and a half. It's now at five and a half. 83% of the money, 70% of the tickets are on the Vikings, who are six, nine, and one against the spread. The Bears, slightly worse. 5, 10, and 1 against the spread. I got to tell you, last week, what I saw from both of these teams, 
was kind of what I might have thought. And I don't know why I was thinking last week that Minnesota had a shot against Green Bay. I really don't. I have no idea. And this was a consensus pick. Consensus pick that Minnesota would win. I mean, obviously after the fact, but. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But I kind of agree with what you're saying, though. Um, And I text you. This is how I felt before. 20 minutes before kickoff, I went into my NFL pick them competition we're in. And I changed my pick from Minnesota to Green Bay. Because I was thinking, wait, Green Bay are, are just are, – are they have Mojo and Aaron Rodgers and they're at home against Minnesota divisional game. They're definitely going to win. And then five minutes later, right before kickoff, I went back in and changed back to Minnesota because I went, no, no, what am I thinking? Minnesota are 12-3. and three. Green Bay have a losing record. What am I thinking about? Just stop being an idiot. Take Minnesota. And then you see how the game goes early and you're just sitting there going, my Lord. Um and, you know, with Chicago, I, listen, they were on the road against a team who put up 40 every game at home. I mean, they had a very, very tough matchup there against an, a, a Detroit are dominating people at home. So that's less surprising. And I think we'll, we'll maybe have less of an impact on how I'm going to pick this game and maybe give you some insight into what I'm, I'm going to do here. I think last game of the season, Chicago at home, Justin Fields has shown us a lot this year. He's rushing the ball at a in at a, a rate that we've never seen before. He's going to break the the season record. And um, if he didn't break it in the last game, he's going to break it this week. I think it's it's a very small number that he that he needs. I think the Bears will be really motivated to go out at home against a division rival with a young quarterback who wants to impress, leave the fans with something as they go into the offseason and maybe a bit of hope for next year. So give me the six points. I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago win this game outright. I think Minnesota, we've all thought all year, could be a first-round bounce. I think they're going to kind of limp into the playoffs a little bit here. And first week, everyone's going to be a little cautious about what we really think they're going to do. But give me Chicago. Minnesota hasn't locked anything down. Uh, San Fran is right behind them. This is a must-win game. They're going to throw fire at the Bears. And as much as I think that Minnesota are phonies, this is a good football team and the bears are non-existent and they rely so much on that ground game so much, but defensively, this is a horrible unit, horrible unit. If I'm Eberflus, I've got to figure something out on defense because this is not who I am. I'm so disappointed. I'm ecstatic in the proliferation of Justin Fields. Because I didn't know we had that asset. I thought he was a bust. So that's awesome. But what we did defensively by, you know, trading away some marquee linebackers, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It really didn't. I don't know who they're going to get in the draft that, 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 that gets those type of, of players. Uh, they went to Pittsburgh, right? Is that correct? Am I wrong I, about that? I can't remember. 
I think they went to, I mean, Pittsburgh's defense is unbelievable. I think, I, I think one of those linebackers went, went to Pittsburgh, but this Chicago defense is terrible. And I think as great as Chicago's rush game is on the back of fields, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, so what you, 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 you put up, you put up 200 yards on the ground. You're the best rushing team in the league, but you can't do anything else. And this game is going to get out of hand. I'm going to take the Vikings. I think this game is going to be out of hand and the Vikings need to win. And look, as ugly as that game last week was green Bay, they scored on a kick. I mean, the algo does not account and I don't account for those types for pick sixes. Okay. When you have a defensive unit that scores, those those are points that are unaccounted for because the statistical probability that those happen are so low. When I'm modeling this, it doesn't have an impact, but when it happens, it, it does have an impact. And I think you have those two plays. I mean, granted, Kirk Cousins threw three interceptions. He did a horrible game. Uh, but the kickoff, I think, was the big deal. And then the uh, the other return, um, I think it was a pick six, right? I think he had a pick six. I might be wrong, but at least it put him in a really good position. Yeah, he had a pick six. <laughs> the algorithm has... Minnesota winning 26.02 to 16.14. You're getting 3.88 points of value on Minnesota. Good Lord, that score seems familiar. And for good reason. We literally just talked about the Tennessee-Jacksonville game. 26-16 there and that one too. Interesting. I have not seen that before. Uh, This is the Bet the Algo Pick 5. If you want to check in on us and get all of week 18's data output, there is one game missing, and I'll tell you the reason why. Uh, join us. It's 10 bucks. You'll get the whole playoffs, and we'll include the Super Bowl pick in there. Usually does pretty good in playoffs, too. So um, join us, patreon.com slash bet the algo. It's just 10 bucks. This will be as cheap as it comes because I promise you, this is going to be going up in price. I mean, it's every NFL game. I know what these touts do. Um, all right. We've got a game. I don't know if I care so much about. I don't know if I care about this, but the Rams go on the road to the Seahawks. This line opened up at Seattle laying four and a half. It's now six and a half. 90% of the money and 62% of the betting slips are on the Rams, who are 6-9-1 and one against the spread. The Hawks, who started hot, are just 7-9 and nine against the spread. But we had them in the Circa 5 last week, and they came up big against the Jets, who looked lost. Yeah, we both loved that game. Uh, Seattle at home last week, kind of trying to right the ship as they get to the end of the season. Hey, listen, I have some interest in this game. Listen, being knowing Baker and being interested in friends um, on that front, I'm interested to see how we can finish the season. I'd love to see him finish the season strong. 
see kind of what happens then with him going into the offseason. He's going to get some offers to go be a starter somewhere. So we'll, we'll kind of figure out what happens there. Seattle, on the other hand, they're in the seventh spot right now. They haven't clinched anything. They're in the last wild card spot. They need a win. They need a win badly. And you know what? You know, if you had to pick a team right now at home to play against when you need a win, the Rams would be up there. Rams at 5-11 and 11 would be up there. And you're not seeing Stafford or Donald or any of these guys that we thought would all be there. You're seeing a lot of backups. Um, but you know what? They're still going out and trying to win. Sean McVay is a... You know, he's a winner. He's a champion. He's You can see him on the sidelines, and he looks as intense as ever in these games. It's pretty interesting. I think Baker is kind of been great for them this, like, last few games because break, Baker, Baker wants to win all these games, and he's just as fired up as, as Sean McVay. But listen, this game, this game is pretty simple. I think Seattle at home... The crowd are going to be going bananas. The crowd makes a big difference there. And regardless of how much the Rams might want to win or how much Baker might want to win, that subconscious, that effort level just won't be the same as what Seattle's will be. I think this is an easy win for Seattle. I think the game will be very, very similar to the um, to the LA Chargers, LA Rams game we just saw. I think it's a very similar outline. It'll be a 17, 20 point victory where the Rams will try hard and it'll look like they're trying hard, but it's just the level that they won't be at mentally and physically where Seattle will be at. I like Seattle here big. Give me Seattle. Interesting. Uh, the Rams defense obviously taking a hit. I mean, this was a unit that was really kind of in the top 50 percentile and they've fallen back a little bit. Obviously they're losing players. Uh, they're now giving up 366 yards a game. They're in the company of Minnesota. Actually, surprisingly, uh, they're just ahead of new England. The last uh, three weeks, the jets are just slightly ahead of these. I mean, these are top 10 defenses who have all kind of, fallen back a little bit. Uh, and conversely, Seattle is going the other way. Seattle's defense has been horrible. They're ranked 27th year, year to date with opponent yards per game. And they're now in the company of, they're ahead of Washington, they're ahead of Baltimore, they're ahead of Tampa. They're right behind Buffalo. They're in really good company. Really good company. They made some exceptional defensive plays Last year, uh, last week, excuse me. They, I think they had a, a pick or two against white. Um, so I got to say, uh, Seattle is, is going one way. The Rams are going the other way and as much fight. And obviously I root for Baker. I, I really love the moxie. I think he's already won himself a starting job or at least something that he's going to compete and has a high probability of winning next year if it's not you know a backup in la but again you know money will dictate that i think he certainly injected life into a lifeless rams team late into the season has given them hope and surprisingly you know when i look at the the offensive uh side of the ball for the rams it hasn't been you know 
the Baker magic, but I think it's the Baker energy because the last three weeks, you know, they're actually throwing for less yards than they were before. I mean, they hadn't had a great year. I mean, they're ranked 27th year to date uh, through the year. Uh, but since Baker has been involved, they're averaging 45 yards less per game through the year. But that's being made up more importantly on the ground. And all of a sudden we see Cam Akers, who's been non-existent, non-existent. That guy was probably what, a second round, maybe a late first round pick fantasy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I picked him up off a of waiver wire in our league and I had him on my bench and I started him the last couple of weeks. I mean, but yeah, you started him. I mean, but he's been on your waiver wire, like, yeah. but he got drafted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's been on the ground. I think this is too much to handle. Uh, and again, as much as I, I want to root for uh, LA, I think Seattle is going to handle them. Give me them. Uh, you're on the Hawks. I guess we've just disagreed on one pick, which is the Minnesota Bears game the algorithm has the wow okay the rams winning 21.93 to 20.35 you're getting eight points of value on the rams for the second time in a row uh the rams are the number one highest value index which last week wasn't great i didn't feel great about that pick but um i'm great at playing monday morning quarterback all right, guys, we've got one last game. Big, big playoff implications here. Big playoff implications. We got the Cleveland Browns headed to Pittsburgh, who their defensive unit is spectacular. I love Kenny Pickett. This line opened up at Pittsburgh laying two and a half. No real line movement. It kind of feels right, although I am seeing books at three. Caesars has it at three. A few others. Win has it at three. FanDuel two and a half. For the algo record, we go closing line of what the Vegas insider consensus. Sometimes it fucks us. Sometimes it helps the record. That's the way we got to do it. I always tell the people, look, if there's a small, you can do basic math. Take the margin of victory. Take that point spread. And there's your pick. It's not hard, people. It's not hard, but we color code everything over at Patreon. We do things like that. But when it's that tight, you really got to pay attention. And maybe, maybe I tell my boy, Alex Dunlap over at roster watch. Hey, maybe lay off that game. He goes, no, taking every game. What the algo says he really does. Alex Dunlap over at roster watch bets every single game. And I love that about him. He's super consistent. And I don't think he gambles. He doesn't bet on anything else. So I told him what he did for the ROI, and he's pretty happy. Uh, 51% of the money, 57% of the tickets are on Pittsburgh, who's 9-6-1 and one against the spread. Browns are 8-7-1 and one against the spread. Uh, are the Browns done? Yeah, the Browns are eliminated. They are out. Um, so nothing to play for other than pride for the Cleveland Browns going into <clears throat> week 18 matchup, excuse me, <clears throat> a week 18 matchup against, you know, maybe probably the brand's, you know, the brand's biggest rival in Pittsburgh, a team who they've <laughs> kind of loved playing over the last couple of years. But the Pittsburgh Ravens game was awesome last weekend. 
the quarterback for Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett, who I've liked from the get-go, has really showed us something here the last couple of weeks. I read an interesting stat about him. He's the first QB ever in NFL history, the first rookie QB ever to throw two game-winning touchdowns in the final minute in their rookie season. How about that? No one had ever done that before. So I really like him. Um, He has a little something about him. It feels like he belongs in Pittsburgh, and it's kind of always felt that way. Like, even to the point, I think, like, Tomlin obviously saw it and knew it. Given that he's gone with him over Trubisky, who he's paid a decent amount of money to be there. So, um, I like what Pittsburgh are doing. However, I'm going to take the Browns this week. I think Deshaun Watson has shown me something that I think going into next season, I'd be I'd be pretty happy, confident if I was Cleveland. He looked good at week 17. They put a beat down uh, on the commanders who have a really good defense on the road, and I was impressed. I think the Browns have a good roster. I think, obviously, they had the Deshaun Watson situation, um, and he wasn't there for a lot of these games, which is why their record is what their record is, and they don't have a chance. But I think Cleveland could go in here and maybe spoil the party on Pittsburgh a little bit. Pittsburgh need to win and hope other things go their way. I like the Cleveland Browns and the points. Yeah, I like what you just said. Guys, I just wanted to say thank you for all who have listened to the Bet the Algo Pick 5 podcast. Hopefully you've gotten something from it. Uh, There will be no more Pick 5 uh, for the remainder of the season for the NFL. Stay tuned. Uh, You might hear us uh, bringing models for different sports. So stay tuned on that. And there might be some free picks that we might be giving out uh, a few times a week. But for the week 18 remainder, see us over at patreon.com slash bet the algo. And for all the playoff games, join us over there. Uh, Cleveland's offense has been dismal. It's been worse with Deshaun Watson. It really has. They're averaging substantially less yards through the year. Three Watson, it was they were averaging over 200 yards a game. They're now averaging their last three, 140 yards through the year. That's terrible. That's terrible. Baker has better numbers than Watson. Tennessee has better numbers than Watson. Watson's been atrocious through the year, but they haven't needed it. They haven't needed it. And what they've done defensively, they are one of the best defensive units of late. They're letting up three, uh, 10 points a game, their last three. Their last three, 10 points a game. You're going to win football games if you do that. The only team better are the Chargers who are giving up nine. But guess what? Pittsburgh, they're giving up 13 points a game. They're right behind Cleveland. I think, along with you, 
I think that if you're getting points in this game, you got to take it. I've, I, you know, we're, we always want to say that a great offense will beat a great defense. And it's just, it's what we think because it's more exciting, but this defense is very good, very good. And I think Pittsburgh's defense is great as they are. First off, I'm petrified. I'd be petrified if I'm a top seed playing Pittsburgh. But as a late New England fan, kind of, because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to root for them Sunday and everything's going to go against New England and they're not going to make the playoffs. And then I'm just going to be angry for the rest of Sunday. Because how angry was I last week? I said, I hate the Patriots never watching another game uh, just because they didn't cover. I was really that upset. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I think when you look at the amount, yeah, I, I got to take the points here. And I, I just think Pittsburgh has gotten away. They caught Buffalo, uh, Baltimore without Lamar Jackson. Right. And it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different ball game. They're eight and eight. They end up eight and nine. It's phenomenal. They've had a phenomenal run. They've won, uh, five out of their last six, six out of their last eight. This, this team had a really legit chance of making the playoffs had it not been for starting the season uh, one and five and two and seven or two and six. Um, yeah, I mean, they just, yeah, I, 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 I got to say they're going to take down, uh, they're going to lose to uh, Cleveland. Cleveland already beat him the third week and they're going to lose to Cleveland again. Um, yeah. Give me the give me the Browns. The algorithm has trying to find this here. Here we go. Pittsburgh winning eighteen point three six to seventeen point one three. Peter, we agreed on every pick but one. I'm surprised. I thought that you would have tried to make a move on me, and uh, but I guess you're in the driver's seat. So I don't know what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say, but. I'm hoping you're I, so now I know that you're just going to play safe, hedge your bets and just agree with me all day. So you can't lose. No, no, that's not. That's clearly what's happening. You're I'm, pulling, you're pulling a veteran prices, right? Move here. and <laughs> Taking the one, the, the fucking $1 play or whatever it may be. That's what you're doing. Uh, $1 less than me, making sure that you win. That's a sneaky, sneaky move, but Hey, you're a sneaky guy. I, I am going with my heart. We need Cleveland to beat Pittsburgh. That's one of the games. Uh, we need Jacksonville uh, to win one of the games, right? We need all those. We need all that to happen for the because the Patriots are going to lose probably. But um, guys, that'll do it. Thank you so much again for listening. Bet the algo pick five. We'll see you next season.